CNBC knock it out another one, baby. Knock it out another incredible man, article. These guys man. are scholars. I'm gentlemen. telling you, and I, I love I love their real estate article. I don't know why, but I love it. Anyway, this <laughs> one is seventy two percent of recent home buyers have regrets about their purchases. Oh wow, that's. As the market cools, these steps can help you to avoid disappointment. I'm wondering if this article would have been better suited, like to publish like before. Yeah, I'm like, what the timing is just. It impeccable. just feels a little. Like, hey, you screwed up. Let me tell you what went wrong. Like we uh, surveyed, seventy two percent were surveyed and realized they really screwed up. Right. Check check one two one two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning, the time is now. Your home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now, yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. Thank you, thank you. I am your host and Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum, recording live from our downtown studios with my executive producer, Mr. Jonathan West. Yo, 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 what's going on? What's the haps on the crops, baby? Man, you know, shaking them up, shooting them, doing the thing, man. I'm out here. I love it. I love uh, just this time of year. Um, there's definitely some craziness going on in the real estate market. Yeah, so man. getting the opportunity to, you know, reach out to more people, you know, talk to some uh, sellers, talk to some buyers, talk to some investors, Love it. picking their brains and, uh, you know, just tapping in with the market a little bit more. So now, it's always good. And now it's like seven, seven, 11, seven, 11. Always open. I even backed toward little job. <laughs> See, we keep we, we, that was a long joke. That was like that was, that was a long. Like that we, was like the long. We brought play. that all the way back in. Okay. All right, let's just get to it before <laughs> this gets way out of hand. Um, CNBC, knock it out another one, baby. Knock it out another incredible Man, article. These guys are scholars. I'm gentlemen. telling you, and I, I love I love their real estate article. I don't know why, but I love it. Anyway, this <laughs> one is seventy-two uh, percent of recent home buyers have regrets about their purchases. Oh wow, that's. As the market cools, these steps can help you to avoid disappointment. I'm wondering if this article would have been better suited, like to publish like before. Yeah, I'm like, what the timing is just. It impeccable. just feels a little. Like, hey, you screwed up. Let me tell you what went wrong. Like we uh, surveyed, seventy two percent were surveyed and realized they really screwed up. Right. All right. So what they were talking about is the key points. From uh, I'm going to give credit here, Lori Konish at CNBC. The hot sellers market in recent years prompted buyers to go above and beyond to seal deals in a prospective home. A recent survey finds this completely understates what actually happened. Okay? Right, yeah. What actually happened was the hot sellers market in like the last year prompted buyers to go stupid. Like they yeah. went they went idiot mode, right? And in idiot mode, they suddenly started paying 40, 50 grand over asking price. That became a very common thing across the board. And the agents, God bless them, were trying to get paid. They got families to feed too. So they were encouraging this bad behavior, saying, well, the only way you're going to get a house is if you overpay by forty to $50,000. Plus, like, appreciation's going to catch up, bro. You're going to be cool later, right? <laughs> Don't worry about and it. And it, like, didn't. Like, it totally did not. And I, I distinctly remember saying it wouldn't. But, you know, clearly CNBC wasn't asking me, right? Um, that, that we could have that discussion another time. Ap- yeah. Appreciation and, like, folly. Like, right. you, like you can, you know, there's appreciation can, you know, uh, make up for a lot of different things, right. but I don't think it can cover over being a dumbass. Complete dumbass. Like, this is literally gambling, instances. gambling with your home. And that's what a lot of people did. They overpaid by a significant amount and now they're, they're hurting and they reported they're unhappy about it. Like, you're going to love this. All right. The housing market shows signs <laughs> of cooling. 
buyers would be wise to abandon shortcuts some people use to get ahead of the competition. Uh-huh. We discussed one of those shortcuts. It wasn't a shortcut at all, but I, I'm not trying to be mean, Lori. I just, your, your terminology is weird. Um, and finally, there's one expert's advice, not mine, mind you, but one expert's okay. advice for navigating the market as it cools. I, I just love that they, the, these reporters are writing articles about a topic that's it's crystal clear they know absolutely nothing about. Man, you know, they just uh I'm just kind of following along. Right, right. We need we need something on the interest rates. We need something on we, the, we, on right. the, on the what it is. The editor's like, hey, we need something cool on interest rates. I can figure that out. All yeah. right. That that case is assigned to That's you. That's on you. I mean, I've seen I've seen the reporting shows. I could do that. <laughs> I could do that job. All right. Um, so I guess they did a survey from Clever Real Estate, which is a a, cl- a clever name. Right. Like, yeah. I'm sure you get that all the time. Like, that's a very clever name. But 72% of the people they surveyed, survey says, were unhappy and had buyer's remorse about the house they just bought. 30% of them said they were unhappy because they spent too much money. Okay. Which you, you feel like you would have figured out while you're while you're overpaying. But they're asking 400 and you paid 440 You're like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if this is how this should go. Right. I'm not sure if I should do this. But, you know, you did. So, like, here you are. The second most common regret is uh, their purchase decision was rushed. And that's kind of a duck. Like, we didn't really have a choice. If you were going to buy a house, you were going to be rushed. Like, Mm -hmm. I do appreciate the agents on that saying, I'm going to go home and think about it. You no, probably don't you have don't, too much time to think about it. It's not really worth thinking about because in an hour this will be gone. So I think <laughs> that doesn't really matter. Um, and 26% indicating they bought too quickly. It seems to me like it's kind of the, the, that was the same thing. So thank you, Clever Real so, Estate. So would it be like too quickly as opposed to like they're not ready to buy or they were like rushing? Because I feel like the, it might be we weren't ready to buy, but we were just right. trying to buy a house. Like, right. I think it was probably a mixture of both, right? Yeah. Some of them were feeling that they had to make a decision quickly. Right. And some of them were not in a financial position to be buying. Right. And they bought anyway. In either case, this was a thousand individuals who bought a home between 2021 and 2022 is, is now un- they're unhappy about what they did huh. about that. So duh. Um, and, and, and to that point, though, 31% of buyers said they paid over asking price. 31% of buyers surveyed paid more than the guy wanted for the house. Yeah, okay. I mean, a thousand people is like, you know, that's a good amount of people. So it's, it's a like, good sampling. Like, I feel like there's probably that amount of people out in the world who, in the United States who did that. We're willing to overpay. And listen, <laughs> during the time this was happening, as a seller in that market, I got to be honest with you, man, life was good. Like, Come we were on. having a really good time. Like, Bring that offer in, boy. I hate to brag. <laughs> But, you know, Laura bought a Porsche, like, like a couple of weeks. Like she, she's enjoying her new car. We bought, this new, like we, we bought some cool stuff, invested in a bunch of real estate, bought three or four more rental properties. It was good. Like, we were using the system exactly as we are teaching it. Use flips to fund your, your long-term right. retirement purchases of real estate. We truly did that. And we bought some toys. And we traveled for a little bit. And we did some cool stuff. So the system worked during this time, except for the unfortunate people who were surveyed and realized they got – Bamboozled. Hosed. Corn wazzled. <laughs> what, what, what is, that? Is, that, is that a word? Uh, uh, run amok. Let it stray. <laughs> Corn swoggled. Take it off the beaten path. Yeah, just, <laughs> you know, just not good. There's a lot of people who realize later that that was the case. So if you're still in that category of people who have not figured out that overpaying for things is not generally a good idea, there's three moves to avoid regrets when you're buying a home. Okay. And, I, and I, I really, I'm not really making light of this because all of these are, are generally a good idea. All right. Number one, insist 
on a home inspection. And I have to be honest, that was most one of the most fascinating parts of our big rise to power. Because I'm going I'm to level with you guys because you're on the show and I, I can be honest. You guys, you, we can be honest with each other, right? Right, right? When we were flipping houses in the 20, 19 to 21 era, we were going really fast. Okay, And when you go really fast... Well, it's kind of like building a Hyundai. Like, there's a pretty good shot it'll get off the lot. But shortly after that, there could be a lot of people who may be a little unhappy with their purchase, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we tempered that with, we know we weren't perfect at construction, so we were willing to fix anything that came up on inspection, right? So if you came after us and said during that process, hey, this came back, that came back, I didn't want to sell anybody a bad house. That was never the objective, okay? But what effectively happened, because there was a lot of work that needed to be done on these properties, we were getting contractors as fast as we could, and everything was kind of in a rush. Uh, I think some of this stuff didn't get done the way it needed to, and we were fact-checking ourselves by the buyer doing an inspection, and the inspection would find the problems, and we'd go fix the problems right. without any reservation. Because again, I want to be proud of the product that we provided. Okay, but then people started waiving the inspections, and now what do you do with that? Well, we don't need an inspection; we just want the house that bad. And even I was going. Wait a minute, bro. I don't think I would have done that. So, <laughs> if you're still in the market, um, yeah, you know, get a home inspection. That was just generally a good idea. Mm-hmm. I got I don't think it's super smart. They said that forty three percent of the people. And I think with me, it was, way, it was more than that with our properties. But 43% of people uh, waived their home inspection during this time, right? And that's uh, it doesn't say it, but um, that was stupid. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're buying till after. You're making a $400,000 purchase. You're not 100% certain of what's in that house till after you own it. We did the best we could. None of it was in, like intentionally not fixing stuff. But we're hiring contractors and subcontractors, okay? We trust their work. We wouldn't have them in the house if we didn't. But the reality is, if nobody yeah. was checking afterwards, contractors don't always remember things and right. don't always you know, do things as thoroughly uh, uh, right? and correctly as they should. Not everybody's like Bob Vila, you know, from right. from like, doing the right stuff for the well, the important ways to line this up. Some of them were, they were literally just slapping stuff together. <laughs> and sometimes we didn't finish houses. Like we were going so quick, there were times we weren't done with the construction when people bought them. Right. right. So who knows what that guy got? You know, it, <laughs> I have no idea how that ended. Anyway, so number two, also really good advice: ask for seller concessions. And uh, the seller concessions were something that if you came to us and you asked for seller concessions, we laughed at you. Right? <laughs> what a good, this guy! This guy, where are you from, bro? <laughs> you must have paid your closing costs. Do it again! Do it again! Ow! <laughs> right. Now, however, I'll be frank with you. I would happily pay your closing yeah, costs. If you're, if you're buying one of my properties, I would actually be honored to pay your closing costs <laughs> right now. And that's mostly because the market slowed down to a really slow right. crawl, like an infant who's tied to a, a tree. I'm not encouraging <laughs> doing that to a child. I'm just saying that, that, that's going to get weird. Let's stay Cancel. on that. Cancel. Cancel. Are, are we editing Wait, these? wait, we wait. Editing these turn shows? the lights back on. What is, what is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> I knew Apple would shut us down at some point. Um... Not encouraging tying infants to trees. I'm just saying that, that that's how fast the market's moving right now. Um, so ask for closing concessions. Generally speaking, here in my market, that's about five to $6,000 that we agree to pay as a seller. And I'm talking to buyers, but I'm also talking to my investor clients and listeners, right? You need to start coming to terms with the fact that you got to start paying closing costs again. Nobody likes it, mm-hmm. right? But we stopped budgeting for closing cost concessions a solid two years ago. That was no longer part of my spreadsheet, right? We, we just, when you asked, we laughed at you. So something we knew we were going to have to pay. And if you really needed them, we would do it as long as you added it to the purchase price, which was the same thing 
as us not paying them. Right. It was you paying them, just using 30-year mortgages to do it. Right. Not advisable today. Definitely ask for seller concessions. You got a high probability in a buyer's market of getting those. Number three, find a real estate agent who's in your corner. Wow. Ugh. That's very uh, this one's gonna get This one's going to get deep, right? <laughs> Hallmark right now. This, is, this one's going to get deep a little bit. Because most agents got, and I, I know a lot of agents, okay, so I'm not being negative towards agents, but most agents do not care at all about your future. Okay? Your corner. They are salespeople who feed their family by convincing you to sell a house. This was most proven by the encouragement by the agent population to encourage buyers to spend forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars over asking price. Anybody who is actually using something called fiduciary responsibility, which is in the code of ethics of the National Association of Realtors, it says that we have fiduciary responsibility to represent the best interests of our clients, be it the buyer or the seller, in the transaction. And we were encouraging, I say we like I'm an agent. I'm no longer an agent, so I can go, they were encouraging, <laughs> right. I used to be an agent, old habits die hard. I'm, I'm a reformed agent, okay? People to overpay for properties. There was no fiduciary on that at all. Hi, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. It's important to have good credit when you're buying a foreclosure. A lot of people think you can come in with bad credit, but the fact of the matter is you need pretty stable credit scores to buy a foreclosure deal. So how do you find out how to increase your credit? Well, there's tons of credit repair agencies out there and multiple formulas, but one thing we found that works is reporting your monthly rental payment to the credit bureau. We partnered with RentReporters.com, the leading provider of adding your payment history direct from your landlord onto your credit bureau scores and it helping people to boost their scores up to 40 points in as little as 30 days. So to get started, I want you to head on out to www.ForeclosureDealsCoach.com. Now that's a messenger bot and you're going to use the keyword rent to get more information about Rent Reporters and how you can boost your credit score by getting Getting your rental reported to the credit bureaus. Once again, Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. Check it out. Experts in the field, people who are doing, especially those who represent investors, have a vested interest in a long standing relationship with an investor client. Okay. And that comes from the fact that an investor client's not going to buy one house, live there for five years, and then buy another house. That comes from the fact that they know that if you make money, on this transaction, that you're likely to use them again for your next transaction. And in the case of my agent, Miss Sarah McGarry out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, just for the record, by the way, number one number in transaction one. count in the state of can Colorado. We get a, can we get a, a round of applause for that? Way to go, Sarah. Uh, former uh, guest on the show as well. Yeah, so we're going to have her back know. on because she just completed her first flip as Woo-hoo. a coaching client. So she's not only my agent, she's also a client of the system. And we're going to let Sarah tell you how amazing I am because after a while it gets old for me to tell you how amazing I am, right? right. right. Not to me, mind you. Like I could <laughs> I could do this every day, all day, right? But I understand after a while you guys get tired of hearing it from me. So we'll get, we'll get somebody else to tell people how amazing I am. Um, the point is is you do want to get a professional who cares about the big picture. And that's whether you're buying a house to live in for yourself, which would still be an investment. Like we, we end every show with don't buy a house, buy a deal. So I don't care if you're buying a home, you still need to buy a deal. Okay. And the common theme of every property, except for one that my ex-wife talked me into, which is why she's my ex-wife, but on every property, well, there's lots of reasons, but that was a big one, right? 
is that I bought a deal, something below market. My favorite deal was a pr- property I purchased here in Colorado Springs for $436,000 that's now worth about $900,000. Okay? And that makes up a large percentage of my retirement. Okay? And at 44, I got more in my retirement than most people are ever going to have now. We got 13 other properties I can tell you about. Okay? The idea was buying a deal, not a property. Okay, so you need to focus on buying a deal, and your agent is critical to that because if they are, they only they actually put it in there. If they only see you as a way for to make money, they're likely not going to go above and beyond to ensure you get the best deal as a homeowner. Duh. Hey man, come on man, y'all need uh, you have to be a little bit more. Uh, uh, not uh, non obvious than that, CNBC. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, beat around the bush a little bit. Like there are agents reading this article, and their feelings are getting hurt right now. <laughs> Be nice, okay. Me on the other hand, I'm not going to do that. You agents got to shape up too, man. Right. right, and I get that it's been paid dirt. And honestly, the fiduciary is borderline because you could make the argument that the right thing to do is help the buyer get the house. Yeah. Right. And the only way to help the buyer get the house is to have them over to have them overpay, right? So I'll, I'll let y'all look a little bit on that, but I think some of y'all just stop caring. I think some of y'all, because I talked to some of y'all, and some of y'all are like, man, I got to get paid. Right. right. In the end, it doesn't really matter. Well, hey, that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Things will never be. How many times do you have to do a Tupac reference? Think about that. Hey, that's that's, that's pretty dope. good. That's pretty that's good. Dope, right? That's here. how good I am. Um, yeah, that, that's just the way it was for a while, right? And that's not the way it is now, though. Right now, you need to be really focusing agents on fiduciary responsibility to your clients because if you don't do it, Zillow's going to. <laughs> that seems shocking because Zillow's the evil enemy right. that we've been trying to kill for many years. But the reality is, at some point, they're going to develop empathy. Because artificial intelligence has this way of eventually becoming more and more human. You saw iRobot. Will Smith don't lie. <laughs> but he does slap. <laughs> Keep my wife's name out your mouth. <laughs> Laura, Keep my wife's name out your mouth. Um, yeah. iRobot. Eventually that system will develop empathy for the consumer. And when it does, there will be no need for the agent. Okay. So your only shot of surviving this for the long haul is to, and if Zillow don't do it, let me assure you, there's software being developed all over that could, right? And that software's empathy is going to come in the form of a recommendation system that's going to say, don't buy this house, buy this house, right? right? It's already happening at the coaching level. You're listening to it right now, right? People are paying me up front, not as an agent on the back end, but they are paying me and consultants like me, thousands of dollars to steer their direction on which property that they pay for. You think at some point that's not going to become a large-scale national service? Yeah. Welcome to Foreclosure Deals Coaching. My name is Donnie Cora. Right? Because it is our mission to change the trajectory that the agent is on, hopefully for the agent, in time to save them. But if not... Without the agent. In either case, this industry is going to shift, and those that understand that it's, it's important to advise on what's good for the consumer, not what's good for the agent, that's going to be the game changer that could keep this industry afloat. Okay? And if that doesn't happen, it will get taken over by somebody else. I said it here first, right? And I've said a lot of things that took a couple of years to come true. Right, right. So don't let this be one of those things. Right. Become a better agent, you know, have an investor focused mindset, you know, work with your wholesalers in your market, talk to your flippers and, you know, your, uh, your short term uh, home investors and uh, develop those relationships. So you're able to give 
your clients as real estate agents a uh, wide perspective and a full perspective of the market and how they should be approaching it, as opposed to just one that's going to put a few dollars into your pocket. Thank so. you. Because the, the short-term gain is not worth the long-term loss of your career, right? And the harsh reality to a market slowdown is a lot of agents were borderline anyway on the professional scale, and those agents are going to end up you know, being your bartenders and waitresses and that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and not in a negative manner, but they're going to have to do something to produce an income because they're not adding enough value to society by giving bad advice to home buyers and sellers, right? Nobody's going to pay for that advice forever, Right? If you're on the investor side of this equation, you've got to really evaluate your agent very well. And a piece of advice, if you're an investor, I would focus on an agent, sorry, an investor-focused agent. Like, have you represented or are you currently an investor? Right? And that's the benefit to dealing with a Sarah McGarry, like our agent is, because she represents retail clients too, but the bulk of her business is investor-based. And as such, she understands the rigmarole and ins and outs that goes into producing a net result of a profit, not a place to live, because they're, they're two entirely different objectives, right? And this article explains that because they were focused on that other objective, you got 72% of people who have, are expressing regret on their home purchasing. Now, I want you to extrapolate this out a couple of years, okay? The market does start to fade. Property values do start to go down. These people are 40, 50 grand ahead of market, and they're they can't make the payments, lost their job, whatever the reasons are. You think they're going to hold on for dear life to something they overpaid for fifty grand by? <sighs> Not a chance, man. Like the, the the fallout from this potentially, if the market has a massive correction, and I'll be frank with you, there's no signs of massive correction. There's a sign of a plateau and a change. But right now, unemployment is low, interest rates went up, but. Being in the fives honestly ain't that bad. Right, yeah. That's that's kind of where it needs to be, right? Um, Unemployment is stable. Biden's preparing to go to war with somebody (laughs) at some point. So that's going to stock up the military. Military gets stocked up. Defense contracting gets stocked Mm -hmm. up. You know, the, the economic future of the economy is actually pretty good. But I think it's going to take a few years to get back to that level of stability. And during that time, it's arguably some of the best time investors are ever going to have while prices are still relatively high and super motivated sellers are super motivated to get out. Right? This is going to be the best time. We thought the best time was the 1920 era. We were getting 15, 20, 30 grand over asking price. We thought that was awesome. And it was, like I said, it was just unsustainable. We knew for certain that was not a normal market cycle. What does normal look like remains to be seen. We honestly cannot know, at least in my market, where the comps are going to settle and how low the sales price, not the value. Please note that I don't think values have actually changed. We're still using the comps, comparable sales from six months ago, and the values are falling. But who's going to actually pay that for? But who's going to pay it, right? That's so sales price versus value are two drastically different mm-hmm. things. And sales prices are definitely down, right? If you do a, if you were doing a report to do your comp- comparable sales, which is a big part of what we teach in the coaching program, is getting to nitty-gritty and how to do deal analysis, and you were using six-month comps, those comps are no longer valid. And I'm talking to you all sellers, too, okay? Those comps are no longer valid. I appreciate what it, your comps said in May, but we're not using May anymore because May is not accurate. Right? The problem is there are a lot of comps for May because we sold a whole bunch of houses during that time frame. Right? But the valid comps are 30, maybe 60 days old. And anything before that, we just can't use. So that's really the issue as a data analyst 
and are real estate investors, I don't have as much data to process. And the less data you're processing to the system, the more inaccurate your speculation on the market is going to be, mm-hmm. right? If you can go back in time to the S&P 500 over 100 years, you can see a consistent roughly 10% increase even you know, through the dip years, even the years that you lost. If you go all back to you know as far back as the S and P goes, you will see a hundred years, hundred years of ten percent on average. Okay, same applies to housing. It's six percent on average across the board. But what is it going to be now? Because we're trading in today's market, we don't know. And anybody tells you you do know, they do know is probably lying. All I can tell you is that there are systems for navigating through this market that can make you extremely wealthy during this time if you don't. Cuddle up and die in the corner right now, but Don't rather do that, go man. hard. Don't do that. Don't do that. Buck up. Buck up, Bart. Let's do it. Let's get it. So how do you get started? Well, I wrote a book. I mentioned it on the last show, but uh, go get check out the Hidden Foreclosure Market book. We're going to have that available for download on the website. There will be a, a URL. There will just be, I think it will be hiddenforeclosurebook.com. We'll verify that in a future show. But head out to foreclosuredealscoach.com. Get your get registered there. We'll send you a copy of the book as well as my five F's of foreclosure PDF. It's gonna walk you through the five steps that we use on every single deal. And if you want to get intense about that, consider getting the course, the five F's foreclosure investment system. We're gonna get two to three solid hours of me jabber jocking like I'm doing right now for free, except we're gonna put it in a format that will give you everything you need to successfully complete your first or however many flips you've accomplished, right? This is the time to do it. And that course, I think, is going to change a lot of lives. I'm super excited. We're in final production on that right now. I certainly hope you'll give that a look and download it. And then let's chat about that as well. That, however, is our show for today. I am so thankful that you continue to tune into this show and put up with my antics week in, week out. It means the world to me. There's a lot of listeners who I've met people who've actually come up and recognized me as 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 the show, which is kind of cool because there's not that many pictures of me out there. So I mean, I I appreciate that I'm getting that recognition. It's like being a local celebrity. My wife hates it though because she <laughs> thinks it's like a a huge boost to my ego. It is, and then I get out of control for a while. Like I'm Donnie Corum. <laughs> Like, well, the five figures in the face. You're not Rick James, bro. Why are you doing that to the couch? <laughs> get your feet off of there, man. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for how far this has come. But what we can do from here, this is just the beginning. Two years into the show, we didn't have any content you guys could really digest outside of the show. So you just have to listen to me you know, jabberjock at you for a while. Mm-hmm. Now we're putting together some stuff that you can actually download, consume, become part of the Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders Group, and start doing deals right there in your home market. My apologies that it took this long. I'm a busy dude, right? But that's an excuse. Now I feel a responsibility. As the foreclosure market is shifting, I feel a responsibility, especially to my listeners, to give you something you can start actually utilizing in your local market to change your life and obtain the three freedoms we talk about in coaching, which are financial, location, and time. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach, thanking you for tuning in and reminding you now and always, don't buy a house, buy Buy a a deal. deal. Want more of the foreclosure deals coach? Like our Facebook page, Foreclosure Deals Coach, for the latest in real estate and foreclosure investing. Become a part of our community. Search Foreclosure Deals Coach on Facebook to join today.